Hey everybody, this is Brian Zimmerman. And this is Matt Mikucci. And you're listening to Jazz Is Crate Digging. Good morning to you, Matt Mikucci. Hi, Brian, and hello, everybody. Great to be here for this very spiritual episode of Crate Digging. That's right. That's right. Welcome to another episode of Jazz's Crate Digging, the show where we dig through the record crates of our minds to bring you five albums each on a given theme. You like that, Matt? The record crates like of our minds. Uh, Copyright that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it is like hanging out at a record store with your friends, except you don't even have to wear a mask. Or pants, for that matter. <laughs> and we're the annoying, we're the annoying people standing by beside you, going like, "No, that's not the right record for you." <laughs> no, we're not. We're not. <laughs> that's right. We're just we're trying the good to give guys. you. We're, the good we're guys. just trying to give you some recommendations uh, on albums that we love, in hopes that you'll do the same uh, yeah. on our Facebook and social media channels. But anyway, you mentioned it earlier, Matt. Today's theme: spiritual jazz. Mm. Um, and we settled on this theme for a couple of reasons. Number one, hey. Let's not forget, we're in the middle of Passover right now, and we've got Easter Sunday coming up uh, this Sunday. It's a very spiritual time, Matt. Um, But also, there was a lot of noise in the jazz industry recently uh, surrounding one album in particular. It's one we talked about in our 10 albums you need to know list, actually. It was this huge collaboration between uh, the the electronic artist Floating Points and the saxophonist Pharaoh Sanders, who in a lot of ways was the kind of pioneer for spiritual jazz. Um, So we've taken up spiritual jazz as the theme. Now, Matt, I think it's only fair that we kind of trace spiritual jazz back to its roots. Um, And for me, in my research, you know, you kind of found this movement kind of blossoming during the hippie era, right? right. I mean, this was Mid-60s. the thick of the, yep, Vietnam War, the civil rights era. Um, and that era was seen by a lot of young people, um, especially as a dark time in American history. And, you know, certainly one that that revealed the darker side of, of humanity. So the idea behind, you know, the hippie movement, uh, in particular, was to get in touch with you know who we really were um, down deep inside, and and so people did that by trying to, you know, aspire to new levels of consciousness, of you know professing love in whatever form that takes, transcending to other planes of existence. I mean, that's what we're talking about when we're talking about this period. Um, and so what you saw in a lot of artists was you know kind of bridge building to other cultures to find out how to kind of best express this new philosophy. So you saw some experimentation with, you know, South Asian and Indian meditation, European social philosophies. In the arts, this was really truly a a global music and and, uh, a global movement rather, and, and music especially. You know, you saw jazz musicians engaging with elements of the counterculture and of the civil rights movement and of flower power and of all that good stuff. So, you know, it was very big at the moment, but of course, Matt, the spiritual jazz movement has continued to echo uh, up through the present day. And so that is kind of what we're focusing on in this episode, uh, spiritual jazz from that time period and its echoes in today's movement. Wouldn't you say? A little bit of the past and a little bit of the new. That's what it's all past, about. Past, present, and future, baby. That's what we're all about. 
the first album that I wanted to kind of talk about on this podcast is the one you mentioned. It's it's Promises by Floating Points and Pharaoh Sanders. It's their collaborative album. Yeah, we talked about it as one of our highlight releases from uh, March 2021. But back then, when we recorded the podcast, there was still a lot of mystery surrounding the album. We weren't even able to play some of the music because, well, we just didn't have it. <laughs> but anyways, now that it's finally out into the world, I think we can finally say that it's just one of the best albums to have been released this year so far. It's one of my favorite albums that I've heard for I don't know how long, for months. It's essentially an uh, over 40-minute piece split into movements of varying lengths with recurring motifs. At about the halfway mark then, the suite kind of culminates in an emotionally powerful crescendo of strings from the London Symphony Orchestra, which I think makes it uh, sound all the more epic. And by the way, we can finally share a bit of the music with you today. And my advice simply is when it comes to promises, believe the hype. Absolutely. Here is movement two from Promises. beautiful Matt. It is yeah just to give you an idea kind of of the atmosphere if you haven't heard the album yet it's just gorgeous. Yeah and I mean it really goes to show you that uh, you know while this movement the spiritual jazz movement may have its roots you know in the 60s and 70s this is really timeless music you know. All right Matt for my first pick I kind of went with a classic here um, and it is an album by Alice Coltrane great uh, harpist and pianist. Uh, the album is Journey in Sachidananda from 1970. The um, title of this album was influenced by Swami Sachidananda, who was a notable yogi and spiritual teacher and became something of a mentor to Alice Coltrane. Uh, the timing of this album is, is interesting because, you know, it was recorded in 1970 after the death of her husband, John Coltrane, uh, and this album actually includes a, a very touching tribute to him, but before she moved officially to her ashram in California, ashram being a kind of commune living place, you know, all-purpose uh, meditation area that she established. Um, and as you'll hear on the album, 
you know, definitely reflects that interest in, in South Asian culture and Indian Carnatic music. You know, it was something she continued to foster on the ashram. Uh, in California, it was near Malibu, where she would continue to, you know, record and perform chants and and kirtans. And a lot of this music was actually recorded and later released under this beautiful album on the Luwakabop label. Um, But this is kind of the start of it. So it's kind of interesting to hear the impetus, the origin here. You know, unfortunately, Matt, that ashram was destroyed in a fire in uh, 2018. But its legacy certainly lives on. Alice Coltrane's influence on the music uh, certainly lives on. And uh, we've got this amazing body of work to to take with us. So I have chosen the track, uh, the title track. definitely hear again the south asian influences but you know unmistakably you also hear some of that kind of you know john coltrane the love supreme type stuff matt care to wager a guess as to who the saxophone player is yeah it's uh it's the man himself pharaoh sanders that's right that's right all right so my second pick is uh it's a crucially important album in the artistic evolution of John McLaughlin. It actually predated the debut album of his Mahavishnu Orchestra by just one month. It's called My Goals Beyond. It's from 1971. And you can really hear that noted influence of spirituality that contributed to the evolution that I mentioned just earlier. The first side, uh, for example, is just this beautiful Indian jazz raga a suite titled Peace. So you got Peace 1 and Peace 2. And that is, of course, the side that most definitely fits the theme of this particular episode of Crate Digging. But side 2 is just as soul-searching because it's pretty different from side 1. It showcases his prowess on acoustic guitar. And incidentally, also, kind of to me, sounds like it predates his later flamenco-themed project uh, with the acoustic guitar. Uh, But yes, uh, I mean... Just, uh, I see my goals beyond basically as a documentation of a young artist's evolution and the culmination of his years of research and soul searching that I mentioned earlier. And aside from that, it's also just a great album in its own right and should definitely be, uh, rediscovered. So, I mean, I just, I chose as one of the tracks to highlight piece one. Uh, maybe it'll sound familiar to some of you listeners out there. Let's take a listen.
the next selection on my list uh, is the album Astral Traveling by uh, Lonnie Liston-Smith and the Cosmic Echoes. Now, Lonnie Liston-Smith was a keyboardist who was known you know, primarily for his work uh, in straight-ahead jazz with groups like uh, the Jazz Messengers. He uh, even played with Miles Davis for a bit. But in 1968, he would enter into a fortuitous partnership uh, with the one, the only, the aforementioned Pharaoh Sanders. That kind of started um, Lonnie Liston-Smith down this path of free jazz experimentation, of spiritual jazz. So what you got from uh, Smith during this period uh, was, yes, this free jazz element, you know, in the spiritual realm, but he brought into it his background in funk, uh, in soul, um, in, you know, jazz rock fusion, and to a certain extent brought into it a sound that you could consider a precursor to acid jazz even. So this this album, I think, is unlike, uh, you know, any of the others in this list because, you know, while it does, again, tap into that kind of spiritual element, it's, you know, it's got a little bit of a popular vein, you know, running through it. So let's go ahead and listen to, again, I've, I've queued up, look at this, another title track uh, from Lonnie Liston-Smith and the Cosmic Echoes, Astral Traveling. So, you know, a lot of the common elements of spiritual jazz, kind of like this modal one chord vamp, right? You're kind of sitting in one chord and just letting the music go where it wants to go. But you're seeing the inclusion of, you know, some synth effects, some Rhodes piano. Um, So definitely kind of marked a chapter in the development of spiritual jazz. An important album and a great one. Just an awesome listen. Okay, so for my next pick... We're going back to what we said kind of at the start of this podcast because, you know, what we generally learn when we first encounter the historiography of jazz is that spiritual jazz is something that we associate with the 60s and the 70s. Some people say that it began with John Coltrane's I Love Supreme, you know. how And, and it's true, you know, this was probably the peak era for the style, movement, genre. However, musicians have continued to expand on this form and updating it, including Muriel Grossmann, who is a great saxophonist and composer from Austria and whose 2009 
2019 album Reverence is a celebration of African rhythms, grooves and sounds, but also their fusion with European sensibilities. You can actually really hear that kind of fusion, which is surprisingly rare, really, when we look at the history of spiritual jazz. I found out that actually Grossman has been living in Ibiza in Spain for many years, and that might have had something to do with the feel-good vibes of this album, too, and the pursuit of the intense that I mentioned there, uh, given that this is a Spanish island, and it's one of those places where the influence of both Africa and European just have strongly felt there. All right, here it goes. said up front that, uh, you know, the spiritual jazz movement was one that was influenced from global cultures, and you could certainly hear that in the work of Muriel Grossman. Cool pick, Matt. You know, we also mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, Matt, that uh, the idea of spiritual jazz, of kind of the hippie self-love movement, was this striving for a better world. But Matt, how about striving for another world or another planet? altogether. Uh, You cannot talk about spiritual jazz without mentioning Herman Poole Blount, better known as the cosmic space jazz keyboard guru, Sun Ra. Uh, That's right. He is as eclectic a character as they come in jazz. You know, official biographies lead us to believe that he was uh, raised in Alabama and moved to Chicago during the 1940s. But Sun Ra himself claimed that he was born on Saturn and arrived on planet Earth in the form of an angel. Look, we'll let you decide. It's not for me to say. Um, (laughs) Whatever the backstory, though, uh, you know, there's no denying that Sun Ra, obviously one of the most important figures in avant-garde jazz and spiritual jazz in in jazz period you know a pioneer in afrofuturism which kind of emerged from within the spiritual jazz movement and blended traditional african elements musical elements artistic elements um, with themes from science fiction as the leader of you know his his namesake sun ra orchestra he kind of developed he helped cultivate a style of just ecstatic large ensemble improvisation that like spiritual jazz still holds sway to this day um i mean you can hear it in very recent albums by kamasi washington you know thundercat uh you know musicians of that ilk uh not to mention the afrofuturist wardrobe which uh again you're you're starting to see in a number of young jazz artists so yeah i have chosen for this list perhaps 
Sun Ra's most famous composition from one of his most famous albums. It is uh, Space is the Place from a 1973 album of the same name. Like I said, you can't mention spiritual jazz without playing some Sun Ra. So here is Space is the Place. just you know an amazing song there and you know kind of the nature of the music and of you know Sun Ra's performance style and appearance when you consider the lyrics of that song the notion of that song in the context of black America in the 1970s that's a very powerful message and you know a a reason to give this album uh, another listen very empowering message yeah absolutely and let's say let's just say that the orchestra uh, is still going strong. The, Absolutely. Uh, last year's release, Swirling, is uh, ama- it was an amazing album. It has some really great spiritual jazz moments in there. And, of course, the ensemble is led by Marshall Allen. And, uh, yeah, check that one out, too. Just a little bonus there. <laughs> Absolutely. My next pick. So it was around this time last year that we lost one of the all-time great jazz legends mccoy tyner you know he rose to fame as a sideman i'm member of john coltrane's classic quartet and later flourished into a great band leader in his own right Uh, his music was often influenced by african and eastern traditions and some of his records became absolute classics the one album i wanted to highlight here is asante uh, which found him placing emphasis on group interplay and it was a quietly ambitious vision within the spiritual jazz form to me when i listen to it it kind of represents a more vigorous branch of spiritual jazz where at times uh, the eastern modal african elements uh, seem to contrast with the fiery energy of that hard bop style uh, this was an important album that apparently came also and i was reading this recently at a time when he was struggling professionally and creatively and also personally because it wasn't long or recorded long after uh, john coltrane had passed away so but i think a few people uh, would have doubted his ability to get through those difficult times and carry on with what continued to be a stellar career all right we are going to listen to again the title track asante we're going to pick up in the middle of this tune here Thank you. 
pianists talk about McCoy Tyner, they, you know, so often describe this powerful, powerful left hand uh, that just can bang out these amazing bass motifs down low there at the end of the keyboard. And in a lot of ways, that's ideally suited, you know, for spiritual jazz, again, because so often we're talking about these modal structures, one elongated chord that's just repeated over and over again, like a mantra, like a form of meditation that lets the musicians kind of, again, experiment as they please. So nice pick there, Matt. For my pick, I decided, Matt, to kind of really focus in on the hippie theme that we mentioned earlier for this one because, you know, like we said, this definitely grew out of that cultural moment. Um, So that said, my next album is one by saxophonist Tom Scott, who is known primarily for his role in like R&B crossover stuff. I mean, he was a member of the Blues Brothers Band for a little while. Uh, But back in 1967, he released an album that was, you know, totally hippy-dippy in the best possible way. Um, Had covers of the Beatles and Donovan and uh, most notably Jefferson Airplane. Tom covered their song today. Matt, to get a good idea of what this album sounded like, picture, you know, a bunch of hippies out on the quad of some college campus singing and playing hacky sack and, you know, eating vegetarian food. That is definitely the vibe. There are a lot of vocals on this album. And so truthfully, it wasn't incredibly received by jazz purists when it came out, but I love it. And I'm going to play a track for you that is one of my favorites. Hip hop fans like myself will want to pay attention because you will hear in Tom Scott's solo a snippet that has been used by a very famous hip hop song. See if you can hear it, and then I'll tell you what it is when we come back. But we're going to pick up in the middle of the song here. This is Today by Tom Scott from the album The Honeysuckle Breeze. have it totally an age of aquarius vibe there but yeah the sample uh of course came from the song they reminisce over you uh by pete rock and cl smooth uh they picked up that little snippet of the saxophone solo and turned it into one of the most famous uh rap songs of all time all right this oh my goodness this is the my final pick i'm going to end it with another new addition to the spiritual jazz canon we're going to take a trip to the burgeoning British jazz scene as we have many times in this series but hey it's worth talking about uh, we've been raving about it for the past few years now because really some of the best jazz is coming out of that country since probably uh, the 80s after that it was in Dorman for a while but now it's back 
Uh, this is actually a scene where I feel older stars are being revitalized by new generations of young musicians who deem them perfect vehicles for their own unique creativity. And so that's where we get an album like There Is A Place from an ensemble called uh, Maisha. I hope I'm pronouncing that <laughs> right. I should have uh, checked first, but uh, we'll go with that. And uh, this is the debut record by this jazz sextet. And it's led by drummer Jake Long. And it's fronted by uh, Nubia Garcia on tenor sax and flute uh we've been talking about her too as one of the one of the greats of this new generation the soloing is amazing the compositions are top rate and it's just a perfect final album uh as far as my picks for this very spiritual episode of crate digging uh, is concerned and again it's a really energetic album too you could you could really dance to it as well as just dig it meditate and uh, find yourself within the music all right here we go here is the track osiris vibe there matt and thank you for uh, bringing it into the present you know because like we said uh this this music is is still very much being created um you know we could have included on this list any number of spiritual jazz torchbearers um like kamasi washington like you know cameron graves or miles mosley um so they definitely get the honorable mention too For my final pick, I decided to take the word spiritual in a slightly different direction here uh, to close things out. Because at the end of the day, you know, spirituality is spirituality. It doesn't matter what form it takes, whether it's that, you know, South Asian Carnatic influences of Alice Coltrane or the avant-garde rumblings of Sun Ra, um, or as in this case, traditional hymns um so the album i chose is by bassist charlie hayden and pianist hank jones it is called steal away and it consists of these beautiful duo recordings of traditional christian spirituals done very simply very elegantly hayden and jones are extremely reverent of these melodies as you'll hear but then what you discover is as these tunes go on they kind of slowly unspool into this absolutely swinging luxurious straight ahead jazz it is as clean and pretty a duo album as they come and it's also as spiritual as they come which goes to show you that even in the most traditional forms um, there is much spirit to be found so uh, for my 
final album, final track, I picked kind of an anthem we'll always need to hear, you know, past, present, and future. Uh, here is Charlie Hayden and Hank Jones performing We Shall Overcome. Essential spiritual jazz albums. I think we covered all the bases, Matt. Spiritual I don't know. in every I think, sense of the word. Actually, I think we, you're right. We definitely left bases. some stuff out. Yeah, we could. <laughs> we could. I mean, you know, the spiritual jazz canon is huge, and there definitely are countless albums that we could have chosen. But it's all in the name of fun. But you know, having said that, as usual, I'd love to know what people listening to this, what their favorite spiritual jazz albums are. And actually, don't forget that we do have previous episodes of Great Digging where we mentioned a few more titles by some of the greats of this specific genre. Well, we say specific, but, you know, I use that term loosely. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, please let us know your recommendations um, kind of for essential spiritual jazz albums over on our Facebook and Twitter pages. We're also uh, on Instagram. And then be sure to check out our site, jazzes.com, where we keep all of our great digging podcast episodes, as well as interviews and album reviews and feature articles. you know, the best jazz content on the planet, frankly. Head on yeah. over to jazzes.com to check it out and become a subscriber if you're not one already. Just click that big red subscribe button in the top left-hand corner. You'll be well on your way. Have plenty of subscription options for you, including our brand new subscription option, the Jazz's Vinyl Club. You become a part of the Jazz's Vinyl Club, you'll get, uh, geez, well, you get unlimited digital access to our website. You can read all of the locked content for subscribers only. You will get four quarterly print issues per year. With those print issues, you will get a collector quality uh, CD featuring new tracks from today's top artists. And on top of that, uh, four times a year, we will send you a curated uh, jazz vinyl album, curated by yours truly. Um, This is premium edition, 180 gram vinyl. Um, This is the vinyl renaissance. And for all our fellow vinyl freaks out there, we're doing this for you. So if you want all of that, 
Check out the Vinyl Club subscription on jazzes.com. That could be the subscription for you. Totally. All right. Absolutely. And if you're listening to Crate Digging, there's, there, chances are you're a vinyl freak like us. Um, so we'd love <laughs> to have you in the Vinyl Club. Anyway, Matt, that does it for another awesome episode. Uh, thanks for joining me and chatting with me and uh, getting spiritual with me. Yeah, oh, any day, any time. We need to get more spiritual, people. All right, Matt. Until next time, man. So long. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.